From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 313. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Simple Contact. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. Long time, no talk, but no one would know that except you and I. Um, it's been well, a, it's it been actually has sh- not been that time. long, but it was a long time talking. <laughs> it was a long time talking. So we've been teasing this a lot. And our effort for the the Relay FM members podcast extravaganza yep. was one for the record books, I must say. What yes. did we clock in at? What was the final edit time? Uh, the, the final recorded episode runtime is three hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> we are so dumb. We were exhausted by the end of that. Actually, yep. you, if you listen, if you make it through the whole thing, number one, you're a hero. But number two, you get to the about the two hour mark and we have this sound of defeat. <laughs> and then a but fight. We, we rallied. Yep. We rallied hard and we finished strong. And you're going to be really surprised when yeah, you this hear this is, episode. This is the worst tease for two reasons. Because one, we're not going to tell you what we did. And two, you're not going to hear it until August. But nevertheless, yep. this is... And three, uh, it could be absolutely terrible. You might hate it. That's a very strong chance of that as well. So <laughs> basically, we, we will talk about this again, um, kind of in late July, early August. But if you want to become a Relay FM member, you can go to relay.fm slash membership um, and you can sign up. And then when the time comes around in in kind of mid-August time, you're going to start getting all of our bonus specials. And The Pen Addict is the weirdest (laughs) that I've ever done. Yeah, it's the dumbest, greatest idea we've ever had. So it could Mm -hmm. be, you could hate it and turn it off after about 20 minutes, or you could just like power through and go, oh my God, they did it. I'll spend a, like a quarter of your day with us or something, you know, <laughs> whatever it's going to take. But everyone's spending an hour of their day with us today, Mike, so on the Pin Attic Podcast. Let's talk about today. We're talking about all the new things today, mm. which is, we're, we're pretty good at this. You know, I, I, I like getting new things and I like talking about the new things. And I'm also, uh, hear, it, it hasn't about happened the new things. by the time that we're recording, but I'm expecting a field notes drop. Oh yeah, is that today? I it's was got, thinking maybe next week. I feel like it's got to be today. I already I got my shipping notification last week, so I feel yeah, like I got it's, that last it's week. probably this week. I was really proud of a joke I made on Twitter uh, last week. Sometimes I pat myself on the back. Um, they had their power blown out by a balloon getting stuck in an electrical wire, uh-huh. like a, one of those you know aluminum balloons got up, blew yep. out the electric wire. And I said, "Oh, is this a hint for the summer release?" I was really happy with that joke. It felt kind of flat though. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. They're already on a rampage this morning for other reasons. You can go follow their feed for for all the all the shenanigans. But I'm not here to talk about field notes unless it drops during the show. We're here to talk about Black Wings, Black Wing volumes. 10,001. Hopefully I said that right. We did a lot of uh, Instagram pronunciation on my Instagram stories this morning, Mike. So mm-hmm. I'm hopefully uh, uh, pronunciified up. Is that a word for today's show? I because I'm going to have some issues. It by saying pronunciified. Mm. Yeah. I, there's always a safe bet that I'm going to ruin something. But anyway, the newest Blackwing volumes came out, the 10,001. Uh-huh. And have you ever heard of a puzzle called the Ken Ken puzzle? Absolutely not. Okay, me neither. And I maybe kind of heard of it at the time. Um, whoops, I just threw the pencil on the floor. Hang on. 
It's the point you have in front of you. <laughs> so that's the puzzle. You drop the pencil, you pick it up. Um, so it's, um, you know, it's. I don't want to r- relate it to Sudoku, but they're probably in the same category of puzzle, you know, boxes and filling out numbers. And it's kind of like a crossword, cross uh, mix. And the creator, his name is Tetsuya Miyamoto, invented this puzzle form in 2004. I'm reading this from the Blackwing site. And so they made an addition to celebrate this puzzle. Um, And it came out really, really great. It's a beautiful looking pencil. I don't know how to explain the color finish on this. They call it a red stained barrel. It makes it almost look like a uh, cypress wood or a cedar, like that red color in the cedar. But it's slick, so it's not uh, an unfinished pencil you know it's got a coating on it and what's interesting about this pencil and it may be the only pencil i own that is this way it's a five-sided pencil and now i know you don't have one of these in your hands and i know you're not the biggest wooden pencil guy but this is really strange um feeling you wouldn't think for a pencil you know with this narrow of a diameter those types of things like really change how the pencil feels in your hand but one less side makes it weird like i've used three-sided pencils plenty of times and i've used six-sided pencils and i've used round pencils heck i've probably even used a four-sided square pencil at some point this five um five-sided pencil it's a little bit weird like if i think about it too much it bothers me if i just pick pick it up and write it's fine like it's totally fine. It fits like my other six-sided, six-sided hex pencils, and it's good to go. But since I know it's five-sided, I think about it too much, and it's bugging me. So I got to use this more. But all signs point to this being a winner. I think it's a winner. It's got the six hundred two core, which is the standard firm core, which I love. Probably my favorite core, even more so than the extra firm. It holds a point nice. It's really sharp. Um, and it's still got some softness to it. Their firm pencils are still a little bit soft. So don't think of it like you're writing with a nail. So um, I, I'm I'm all in and I continue to forget to send you pencils, Mike. So tell me, why would they do something like this? Is it because, I mean, the design of this pencil isn't as wild as their previous one. So like, have they mm-hmm. put their time into making it the five side like is that is that like the gimmick of this one well it's the gimmick and it's also they like to tell stories about things that they find enjoyable and important that's what all of these types of subscription services do they want to tell a story that they think fits the brand and the method of miyamoto's puzzle making you know inspired them to do something to you know um, support that or to honor you know, that specific to, shape right that that is like a yeah. classical shape but is not widely used now is that kind of because you said you like you've never had a five i don't think pencil. i i don't think i own a five-sided pencil and right. you wouldn't most people if you just saw this pencil laying on a desk picked it up you wouldn't notice it but i noticed it since they told me <laughs> it's sure. five-sided and now i can get it out of my head and i'm sure it's there's other ones out there i'm just not the pencil expert as uh, my friends at erasable are to know if you can get other like common five-sided pencils so it's uh it's interesting it's neat the design is really really good looking they have been on a quite a roll i'm a big fan 
of these volumes from Blackwing. I've yeah. been a subscriber since day one. I enjoy them. You know, sometimes I buy and you get a dozen with each shipment and every now and then I'll buy an extra dozen. Like I won't buy an extra dozen of these pencils. They don't do it that much for me. I like some of their previous editions better and I don't need that many pencils. Um, but yeah, overall, I think this one's, this one's really, really good. So, uh, this one will be, if you're, if you're interested in it, just like the past two or three editions, they've been knocking them out the park. They'll sell out quickly. So you should check them out. I think that they've clearly done a good job here. Um, Mm -hmm. because I see people, getting as excited about the the Blackwing release as Field Notes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I feel that maybe of all of the subscription services or the stationary subscription items that have been released in the subscription boom of the last couple of years, yeah. I think yeah. Blackwing have been the most successful. I mean, it helps that they already had a huge, well-respected base and product, right, to begin mm-hmm. with, but mm-hmm. they have clearly captured the imagination of people you know because i see for example um on cw pencils uh instagram stories or whatever they were saying oh they're on the way we don't have them like please stop asking (laughs) they'll be on the the site when we get them kind of thing (laughs) and yeah they said it in a nicer way than that but it it was clear that like they were getting bombarded by people who wanted to buy the single editions right because the they go out to retailers more slowly right then they go out to customers it seems which makes sense um but clearly they get bombarded with it which means that even amongst that community of people who are really excited about pencils you know like that's that's what they care about the people that that buy that stuff they want it they want this product too which i think is yeah i think that's good i'm pleased you know because um it's nice to have good quality items like this and and it's uh, and i think that it's it's cool that blackwing have been able to do it yep so a funny little anecdote you reminded me of talking about field notes so knock at one time bought directly from blackwing or whatever the the, the the mothership brand is called you know on sure. cow cedar or whatever because we we gave away some of the palomino pencils in the past so we've always been on their retailers list well you know how like field notes is super secretive about anyone getting any information before they officially release it on the new new edition um blackwing in the past would always about a week beforehand tell the retailers what the edition was so, like, the retailers would know it before the public. Yep. And it was funny with the last one, the Exquisite Corpse, the 54, the pink one. Like, the moment I got that email, I was like, oh, man, these look great. And I couldn't say anything about it, you know? I mean, you just don't do that. And then I saw things around the internet saying, like, I, like it leaked immediately. So... This time was the first time that they did not do that. <laughs> they sent out an email. It's coming. You should order it, and we're not telling you what it is until we release it publicly. So I thought that was a funny little, funny little side note, uh, little inside baseball thing. It was kind of, it was pretty funny. So <laughs> don't look for those early anymore because people can't keep their mouths shut. No. <laughs> so the opposite of keeping your mouth shut is writing things down and sharing those words with other people, Mike. And one of my favorite parts of being in this community is seeing cool things like plumbago mm-hmm. the um 
zine behind uh, that the guys behind Erasable have created, uh, mainly Andy Welfley, and this this time he's getting editing assistance from Harry Marks. And issue number four is up for pre-order, so if you like all the pencil talk we just had, this is something you want to look at if you're if you haven't noticed this before. So there's all kinds of cool articles. I thoroughly enjoy every issue I get. The quality is amazing. The writing and artwork is fun and fascinating. Um, you know, Anna did the cover uh, of this this uh, issue number four, the creative nonfiction oh, and memoir really issue. Yep, I'm a massive failure. I just wanted to go on record as that. They asked me to write a piece for that, and I could not get it done in time. So I have apologized to Andy and Hel- Harry for letting them down. This is this is a good apology, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would even if I wasn't invited to contribute, I, I'd promote the heck out of it because this is what this is one of those things when I get it in the e- in the mailbox, I can't wait to rip it open and see it. And every issue, there's only been three so far. The quality has gone through the roof. Not that it was ever bad, but my goodness, they do such a good job putting this together. So, and they don't do this to make money. You know, they they sell these to continue to make these and to donate proceeds to various charities. This time, the National Immigrant Law Center, which is a very important hot topic, hot button topic uh, in the U.S. right now. So they're doing good things and uh, they're good people behind it. And I just love cracking this open when i when i get it in the mail so pre-orders are out now um it's eight bucks if you get the uh the pre-order so take a look we'll have a link in the show notes i got an email i don't know a few weeks ago from the guys behind the cosmos inc magnetic fountain pen and i didn't really notice this one on kickstarter till they sent it to me and I've kind of been poking through the campaign, and the first thing that jumped right out, Mike, this campaign has 12 days left to go. They're almost at 200 grand. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this pen just as an entrant into the Kickstarter pen world based on like what you've experienced in other Kickstarter pens, what you think about this pen like on your initial look at it. It looks fine. Like, yeah, you know uh, the the design of it is very simple, um, mm-hmm. but you know tasteful. Uh, yeah. I am intrigued by their mechanism. Uh, they have like a magnetic mechanism, which does two things: one, it closes the cap, but also lines the cap up with the flat edge. I think that's that's pretty mm-hmm. cool, right? So it stops it rolling. Um, I'm I wonder what the long term, like use of a fountain pen with a magnetic cap is like do you end up with a lot of ink collecting on the nib because of the force of the cap attaching mm, yeah. every time like probably like a not extra pop yeah, yeah probably but, not. I, but I, I don't see that you know but i don't know i would be interested to see what that is like in the long term you know like mm-hmm. does it because it's a magnet and because typically because it's cool you would let it go does it overall over time like cause any problems i'm expecting it mm-hmm. it likely doesn't but you know, yeah. inter- you know, who knows? I like this. They have a beautiful stretch goal edition, which they're probably mm-hmm. going to get to. It's like 250,000 euros, which is like all black with this brass band. Yeah. Um, their video, yeah, really there was cool. a moment in their video where I uh, audibly laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about the materials and they're <laughs> like, um, 
you can we use machine grade uh, air, airline airline grade titanium and aluminium we don't like plastic i was like what's the i don't understand the requirements here. i just you know i wonder i wonder what their feeds are made out of but anyway well, <laughs> yeah and their converters did we get metal converters but yeah like all of the any metal any metal based kickstarter project has to tell you like the metal specs and it's always like this super technical aircraft Grade ten thousand eight thirty. Yeah, it's just like two titanium. We show how you know, cool all it these is. words. They also so. have a potential stretch goal for a clip, and they've got a, mm-hmm. a, a an image in there, and it looks terrible. In my opinion, <laughs> like it looks really yeah. bad. This pen's not made for a clip. So the first no. thing I thought of when I saw this, I was like, "Wow, this is the pen type B," um, because it's the exact silhouette as the pen type B, except it's capped in the middle. It doesn't have the you know the fancy sleeve, but like the barrel shape and flat side is totally the pen type B. Yeah, but it goes completely different from there. Just in you know my my first my first glance at it. But I bring this up because Franz, our good buddy. This is his first ass TPA. Like I had no idea he hadn't he hadn't dropped in on the ass TPA thing before. He said, "I really want to know what your thoughts are of the still form uh, Cosmos Ink fountain pen on Kickstarter. I can't seem to find any discussions about this campaign, and I don't remember if you or Mike ever discussed it. And we haven't, and because it's kind of just another cool fountain pen. I like can it totally looks really understand good. And see why this pen has made hundreds of thousands because absolutely it fits right in that niche of like." Here's a good-looking pen that has a cool twist. You yeah. know, like it has a cool little thing to it, and the thing is magnets. But frankly, like, th- the magnetic thing is not enough of a pull for me to get a pen from a company I've never mm-hmm. used when they're just using a Bok nib like every other Kickstarter pen that I bought in the last year. Right, so I think that's why it hasn't come up. So the second part of that equation is... You know, why haven't we talked about it? Well, because it seems perfectly fine and we all own one already, right? In some form or fashion, we own this pen, right? It's not the exact pen and yeah. it maybe doesn't have a it's magnetic like, clip. Really, this is just cap, but, an Amisu pen with a magnetic clip. Like for me, it's, yeah. it's made of the same materials, same colors, uses the same nibs. It's probably going to feel mm-hmm. very like same in a weight perspective, but it's just a magnet. And mm-hmm. whilst that's cool that's not enough for me to go for. And like, you know, a company like Namisu, I went, I bought my first pen from them when they were like, it was like novel to be doing a mm-hmm. fountain pen mm-hmm. Kickstarter. And now I bought previous pens from them because I like their products. So like I've kind of, they're one of the companies that I kind of patronize who yeah. make this type of pen. Mm-hmm. So right. I buy their exactly. new pens because I'm like, I know they make good stuff this colorway looks nice. I'll give it a go. And I love my uh, Ixion. I love that pen. It's one of my favorite pens at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, again, and- with the huge disclaimer every single time, I know people have had problems with it. I don't. I love mine. <laughs> um, it's all nib, nib-based. nib Yeah. But then, so I'm just like, ah, I don't, I, it, it just, just, just doesn't do it for me, but right. I bet it's going to be great. I bet people will love it and it's cool, but it's, right. it's just, I'm not going to drop the like, 60 pounds on it or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so i do have one of these on the way they reached out to me they got the prototypes done i don't know if i'll have it reviewed before the campaign's over but i'll, I'll send out some some notes maybe we'll talk about it when i get in when i get it in since i, I won't have time to like fully review it in the next 12 days but uh yeah i mean franz i think it looks fantastic you know i i'm interested in getting one in hand seeing what it's like and uh you know i think it's just it's a product of Kickstarter 
and a product of the the pen community the 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 way you see things happening you see it blowing up on kickstarter because it fits that mold perfectly but us as the the pen community as an entirety it's not blowing any of our minds because like i said we already have this pen in some kind of shape or form so it's cool though i'll be interested to see what the the build quality is like once i get it in hand yeah so so like this is one of those things where you might pick up this pen and you're like oh my god this pen is incredible and then i'll buy one Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but like it's yep i'm good for totally good for i'm good for this campaign i I don't need a another kickstarter campaign pen right now yep all right should take our first break yeah, because we do need some other things, right? Oh, I'm always. sure. I mean, there's always something you need, and I tell you who can give it to you. Pen Chalet. Because Pen Chalet have products from all of your favorite brands, and they sell everything you're going to need. Maybe you want a Pelican fountain pen. Maybe you want a Lamy rollable. Maybe you need uh, a mechanical pencil from a company. Maybe you want some Lamy products, some Namiki products. Maybe you're looking for a pen case. Maybe you're looking for a pen holder or refills for your Namiki pens or converters for your Sailor pens. They got it all. They got everything. There's infinite possibilities with Pen Chalet. So many combinations of brand and product because they they try their best to have everything that you're going to want and need. They have fast and reliable customer service. They're always doing great specials and discounts. They sell internationally. They have great shipping rates as well there. But if you're in the US and you order something over $50 in total, you will get free shipping on that order. If your order is $50 or more, it will be sent to you for free. Pen Chalet has a 100% satisfaction guarantee because they want you to be happy with their products. They offer low prices on high quality pens because they just want to make sure you got the best stuff. That's what they're all about. Go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict and you can get your hands on this week's special offer and also the code that you need to save 10% on anything at Pen Chalet. This week's special offer is 40% off the Platinum 3776 and a free case. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Like I, I kind of scrolled through and double checked all the things. It's like not just an amazing price on the 3776, but you also get a pin case with it so Mm -hmm. that seems pretty cool the price is um as good as you'll find at least the 3776 in the in the u.s market and it's pretty fantastic so i i just got an email that i replied to this morning they were saying pick one 3776 pro gear slim or Pilot Custom 92, and I picked the 3776. So that tells you what I think about this pen. I think you got to send that person a second email now. I know, right? <laughs> I said, if you like the aesthetic, you know, if you can pick a style that you like, I'd pick the 3776 just because I think it's just an amazing writer. So it's really, really good. So once again, penchalet.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict to get yourself that deal and also a code to save 10% on anything at Penchalet. Our thanks to Penchalet for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. G. Herbon has come out with it. An, its new sparkly ink is is ready, okay. Mike. It, it's also en route to me, like the Cosmos pen. Um, Execlair was kind enough to to reach out. And send me a bottle of 1798 mm. Corlean d'Egypte. So what do you think? I'm not sure how I did with the pronunciation there. It seems easier than some of the previous years in pronunciation, but I'm still not sure how I did. I, th- I mean, I don't know. 
you probably do okay. <laughs> but Corlean this one, this is an orange sparkly. So we're in we're in business here, Mike. Yeah, I have like last year, the last two, the amethyst and the uh, what was the blue one called? Uh, Emerald de Chivore. Mm-hmm. I have been super close. Like I have been close to wanting to use those, and I haven't because sparkles scare me in the types of pens I use, which are generally fines and extra fines. You don't get benefits and you get clogging. This one, this one, Mike, I think I'm going to make it happen. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to pick out a specific pen to make this happen in. Probably a Twisby with a stub nib, even though it might be a clear barrel and it might, you know, look funny. I think I'm willing to sacrifice a pen, even though I say that, I don't think I'll have to, right? I'm I'm good enough with my, my pen cleaning and pen hygiene to where it's not going to cause a problem. But the issue for me with the sparkle and shimmer inks is actually putting them in a nib that's going to show off the properties of the ink. And for me, that's a stub nib, not one of my extra fine nibs. So what do you think about it? I mean, I love the look of the color from the image that you shared on Goulet. And I say it's interesting to me, but I just, like you, I, I just get scared about putting this stuff into a pen, especially because mm-hmm. of the way that I am. You know, like I will keep ink in a pen and, and use it until I'm done with it. Yeah, and I don't think I want to have to change that to the point where I'm like thinking, having to think about it, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I would get this new ink and it'd be like, oh, this looks fun. And then I'll put it in the fountain pen that I want to use it with. And then it's like, well, how long am I allowed to leave it in here for before I ruin everything? Mm-hmm. You know, and, <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I think I'm, I'm happier right now to just continue trying to find some inks that have some cool properties to them, like shimmering or whatever, which is not going to necessarily destroy whatever I put it in. Yeah, I don't think it's going to destroy anything. No, but it can make think, things bad, right? Like it can it can screw things up. I don't know. Well, it just might like dry up in your feed or things like that. You might have to clean the feed a little bit. But I I don't think it. I'm yeah. The more I look at these inks, the more I want to use them, and the less I think there's going to be any issues with all right. it at all. Everyone in the chat room's losing their mind at me right now. <laughs> Fine, okay. I'll but buy you the also ink. you also leave pens inked for much longer periods of time. Yeah, we're talking do, years. So. Right. Yeah, so it's more of a consideration for you than me. Like me, I'm not worried about it because I clean my pens out frequently and use them, and so it's it's real cool. And I don't do I that because be I speak for the for the every person, you know. Yeah, and I just don't like the sparkles because I don't use them in nibs that show off the property. So I don't want to clog, you know, like an EF nib having extra things in it. That's that's not good for an extra fine nib. But that's really not what they should be used for. It should be like. Uh, you know, super wide nibs. So I'll use probably like a 1.1 Twisby stub, something like that. That's what I'm thinking anyway. So we'll see. I'm, this is the first one that I am anxious to get inked and using to see what it's all about. So I've always sent off the, uh, sent off the other inks for review. Like Susan really likes the, the sparkle inks and she has the handwriting and the pens to use to really show off the properties of the ink. I think this one, Sorry, Susan. I think this one I'm going to keep uh, for myself and, and and review it. I mean, it's orange. I got to review it, right? I feel like it's your brand. 
<laughs> gotta gotta be on brand well, here. I mean, I'll see how this one comes out, and it, mm-hmm. and then maybe I'll give it a go. I mean, I think I have two sparkly uh, inks. Yeah, I do. I have two of the emerald, like the Jaobon. Yeah, I have the Emerald of Chavour, and I think the first one, the blue one, Stormy Sea or something. Mm-hmm. Is that what yeah, it was they, called? Uh, I think so. Like, or, or was that the gray one? I don't know. They did the gray and blue early. They did the red early. Those were kind of a little bit separate from this new new batch that they're doing. Well, I'm I'm literally on cult pens right now. <laughs> I'm gonna buy this one, and then and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it'll come out. I think it comes out next month. But I'm really intrigued at the color. They look pretty awesome. So, um, speaking of staying on brand, Mike, Sailor Pro Gear. I got the ocean. It is in my hand. The ocean is in my hand, Mike. I don't even know where to begin discussing this pen. Like I blocked off a huge chunk in the in the show notes to discuss this pen because it's going to be a ramble fest. I I love it and it's weird. Like I have these I don't have mixed feelings necessarily on it. I just can't figure it out. Like I love the pen. It's an awesome pen. Obviously, it's a Sailor Pro Gear. It's the full size, not the slim, not the king of pen. So it's the full-size Pro Gear Ocean. So we were always... The first thing that everyone wants to one, has wondered about is the translucency of this barrel. And it is almost identical to the Sailor Pro Gear Earth, if you happen to ever run across one of those. I did a review of those uh, of one of those on the blog last year, a couple years ago. We'll put a link in the show notes to it. So it's not a completely translucent barrel. There's varying levels of translucency, if you will. Mm-hmm. So like part of the barrel and part of the cap are really hard to see through. You can tell, like I can't see the converter in it, if you will, right? I don't see like the shading or color of the converter, but in the grip section, it's much more see-through. So like, the opaqueness level is, I don't know, would that be higher or lower? It'd be lower, I guess. You can see it better. Um, so, and that's not, cons- it's exactly how the earth was. The section was more transparent than the barrel and the cap. But although around the end of the cap, you can see through some of the parts there too. What this pen reminds me of is a color and feel like the feel of the color of like some like a 1960s kitchen or 1970s kitchen where they had those really strong weird colors like the yellows and browns and greens it feels like it's a um you know what were those dishes called it feels like it was one of those like very particular dish colors from back in the 60s or 70s and that's not a knock on it it's just the way the depth of the color is is really hard to explain it's you absolutely have to see it in person dan i bought mine from the nib smith so dan smith did a great job on mine and for example if you take the cap off with the cap on the pen okay i cannot see the nib inside the pen unless you know maybe i stuck it up into the light or something like that but if I take the cap off and look inside the barrel, it like lightens up and I can see like my finger making a shadow on the outside, if that makes sense. Hmm. It probably doesn't. <laughs> because no, I this know pen exactly what you're saying. I, I, really, I think, really hard. I th- no, I think you've explained that perfectly fine. Like, yeah. 
if there is something inside of a part of it, you can't see it. So, like, when it's mm-hmm. capped, you can't see through the cap. When there's ink in mm-hmm. the barrel, you can't see through the barrel. But, like, you can see through the grip section a little bit, and you can see through mm-hmm. the cap when you take it off. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So Tony in the in the chat room, the green I was looking for is avocado. It's not that color, but it has that consistency, if you will. It's like there's some depth to it. Um, it's a more it's a teal bluish green. It's real pretty. The ocean color is pretty. I like my 1911 tangerine better, and I like my sky pen better. So that doesn't mean I don't like this pen. I love this pen, but. If you're going to force me to like answer where does it rank in the colors that Sailor has done recently that I also bought and enjoy, I think the tangerine is better and I think the sky's better. But this is such a weird pen. Like I'm having a really challenging time with my thoughts on it. Um because I love it, and I'm confused by it at the same time. So, the thing I like the most about it so far is the nib. So, Dan, I, I ordered a medium fine nib and told Dan to put a stub grind on it, which is, you know, for a really fine nib, that's not the <laughs> the easiest thing to do. And he nailed it. Like my nib is awesome. Dan did a really great job. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is such a strange. Strange pen. I'll be talking about this a lot because I find it interesting. The pictures are tough. The thoughts are tough. I love the pen. It's not something I dislike. It's actually quite the opposite. But I don't know how to tell you I like it and why. I'm having a real difficult time on it. But hey, it's a Sailor Pro gear. The color's awesome. The trim's awesome. The nib's awesome. What else do you need? But if you want me to explain the color, that has been more of a challenge in my mind than uh, than I've uh, been able to, to, to solve. So related to, these, to this uh, pen, I had two questions from the Pen Addict Slack, Slack room. First one from Tiante, and I thought this was a good spot to bring up this question, um, it wasn't about the Sailor Pro Gear Ocean, but I think it kind of relates. How much does a pen's cost affect your review and or actual enjoyment of it? Does an expensive pen get a more critical look than a cheaper one? For reference, a sub-discussion came up about the Custom 823 and Stephen Brown's review. The price difference between the U.S. and Europe is more than double. Um, so this is a really good question. We've talked about this a little bit as a kind of a side note when we've talked about reviewer bias before, right? Like we all have biases, you know, in in the way we write and the products we review and the products we choose to review and how we review them and things like that. It's like, it's natural to have some bias. And one of the bias points was, well, are you going to be as fair if you spent, are you going to like a pin more because you spent $500 and don't want to feel guilty for buying a $500 pen that you don't like, then a $50 pen that you don't like, will you just, you know, slag it off more easily because it was cheaper, right? So that is a point of bias in just, you know, it's general, like that's not something anyone does specifically, but that is a thing that can happen. I've never found it to be that way because that's not how I write or review pens. Um, so on a personal level, no, but Anyone can say that it's all 
back when we were talking about these bias questions, it's all in the body of work, right? You learn what a reviewer likes and dislikes. You understand their point of view, where they're coming from, and you know, getting their honest opinions on products. But I do think it can, people do worry about making an expensive mistake, if you will. So, you know, I, I can see that from, from time to time, but I don't like, I don't see that necessarily in our community. Um, you know, if I spend that much money and I hate the pen, I'm going to say I hate the pen and I screwed up and I hope you don't make the same mistake or I hope you consider these things, you know, um, that I found, you know, that I didn't like about this product and add that to your collection of knowledge about the product. You know, that's the other thing is you never want to take one person's point of view as like the way, right? I have an opinion, you know, Anna has an opinion, Mike has an opinion, Mike has an opinion, Joe has an opinion, you know, all these people have opinions on the products and you should take that, that collective wisdom and apply that to your likes and dislikes. But I do see that as like a, a little a tick in the bias in the bias column that you, a lot of people are maybe less likely to just crush a pen that they've spent so much money on. Um, and it's usually not going to happen anyway, because hopefully they would have come to that conclusion before actually spending the money. So I feel like that there's also a potential possibility of someone to be harsher on a pen that's more expensive. Without a doubt. I mean, especially if you're coming from a place where you don't spend. So if your style and aesthetic is, you know, a 30 to $50 pen, you're going to really, you have a opportunity to feel a certain way about a high price point for whatever reason that you want. You're just like, well, I don't see the value in spending that money on that type of pen, right? Yeah, I feel like just... At least I feel this way about myself sometimes that if something's really expensive, I expect a lot from it. Sure. And so if if I don't get that, then I would be I would be mad. And I guess also if you know if you paid your own money for it as well, there can be some regret in the decision maybe that comes up. And like yep. Tony's just mentioned Visconti, right in the chat room, and like sure. that's perfect sure. for me. Where there is a there is one design element that I don't like about those pens, and it makes me so mad, and I won't buy one because they're like five or six hundred dollars. Like mm-hmm. where if it was a $100 pen, I would already own probably two of them. Right, right. Right, but like I'm way more critical of, of pens when they're more expensive. But yeah, as we're going to find out in the next question, and I'm I'm not quite done with this first one yet, it's so specific, individually specific. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like just, you know, completely crush any product that you don't like because it might fit someone else's needs perfectly, yep. right? So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I wanted to finish Tiante's question because she was talking about the pricing of the custom 823. And Pilot had a huge issue, I think about two years ago, with the um, EU pricing was crazy. And a bunch of a bunch of the vendors like really kind of took them to task. And I don't know if it's changed, but it sounded like maybe it maybe it hasn't. So, you know, you want to shop for the best you know, the best value, the best support, you know, you, you want to buy from authorized dealers. I, I do very much believe that, um, where that can support your after purchase questions in a, a simple and efficient manager manner manner and, um, you know, help you out with any, anything you need on your, on your purchase. So, you know, that's a, you know, that's just kind of a, a nature of the beast, a regional, regional questions. And I know pilot has had some 
uh, EU pricing issues in the past, and maybe they're not resolved yet. Well, a, a lot of companies they they, they they're banking on fluctu- currency fluctuations in Europe anyway. Right. So. And I think actually Pilot came out. I think they did a press release after that first uproar. I'd have to go back. I may, I may be misspeaking here, but I think they did a um, I think they did a press release stating you know to that effect, something mm-hmm. to that effect. So, all right. So uh, my good friend Kimberly came in right after Tiante's question, um, and a bit of a follow up from last week's topic on reselling of pens. She says, now that people can quite easily buy pens from other countries for much less than their domestic prices, such as buying Japanese pens direct from Japan or Pelicans from Germany, EU, how should it affect one's resale pricing, if at all? People try to sell X pen at a discount from what they paid, which still may be more than what I can get new if bought internationally. Is there a way to get around that without screwing myself out of a decent resale amount or being stuck with a pen that's too highly priced? So well, I think one of the really key points to remember is that the price that you're paying internationally is very rarely the final price that you'll pay mm-hmm. because when that pen arrives, you will be hit with taxes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's one of the reasons that, that for example, say that in the UK, that pens are cheaper outside is because they don't have RVAT added to them, right? Right, right. But that will get added when it comes through customs so, like, I think that it is something you've got to remember that sometimes by the time you've paid for shipping, because the shipping will be more expensive, plus the customs, plus the customs handling fees, which you can calculate this stuff, like, that, this, it's, it's possible to do, um, I think you've really got to weigh it up at that point to work out if it actually is cheaper. I think that is a discussion, like a discussion point that people can get lost in, where actually mm-hmm. a lot of the time you kind of end up about the same amount. Mm-hmm. Right, like, right, uh, and it's just something to remember. This isn't always going to be the case, right? Sometimes you might be able to get a deal somewhere or whatever. Um, but it's worth. I think it's just worth bearing that in mind that it doesn't necessarily mean cheaper. I always kind of look at it as like, where is something available, and then plan from there. Right, right. So this is a this is another tough question because it's so individual per case basis thing. Because you could have two types of sellers. You could have one that's taking advantage of the arbitrage between the price differences, who's trying to sell you a pen and make a profit on it. Or you could have someone who generally, you know, bought this pen, thought they were going to use it, ended up not liking it and wants to move on from it and, and buy something else. So it's almost impossible to answer this question for the variance you get in the pricing. So like, how can you you know, get around screwing yourself. Um, you just have to know what the going rate for that pin is and what you think is, is a good rate for you personally. Like mm-hmm. everyone's going to be, you, you and I are going to look at a single pin in through different lenses, right? So I'm going to have a value attached to pin X and you're going to have a value attached to pin X and they could be widely varying values and they could mean something different to both of us, right? So you just have to, do a little bit of of market research, if you will, to figure out, okay, I'm not familiar with this pen. What are the range of prices it goes for? Am I getting a good deal on this pen? Should I pull the trigger? So it's kind of a little bit of a process-based thing you have to go through. There's no black and white answer to something like this, right? It's just so many variables and the biggest one being 
you as a person. That's the biggest variable. Yeah. How do you research. feel? I mean, like, about research this? is the key. You've got you. It, like, if mm-hmm. your concern is that buying used, you might end up paying more. Do the research. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. all online for you. You check what you'd be paying and work out mm-hmm. what the, if you bought it new, mm-hmm. what would it cost you in customs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then you know, one that I find, and it's up to you how you want to do this. But how much money are you willing to pay to reduce aggravation and increase speed? Right, right. Like if your threshold for that is ten dollars, mm-hmm. well, that might be the benefit of buying it locally. You know what I mean? You might start tipping sure. tipping scales at that point. So, I think it's a case of like if you have a purchase which is big enough for you that you want to really kind of sweat the price. The it's all online. You know, all the numbers are online. Just see what it's going for on eBay. See what it's going for on in like private forums. See what it's going for new. Work out what the shipping's going to cost you, depending on where it's coming from, and then pull the trigger on whichever one you feel most comfortable with. Yeah. So, you know, and I don't ever go into a purchase. And I'm uh, this, again, this is a very personal thing. This is me talking as a pin purchaser for something that I like. I don't ever go into a purchase saying, what am I going to get if I try to resell this pin? That has never once crossed my mind in making a purchase. So, like I said at the beginning, there's all kinds of different angles. Are you trying to, you know, make money on a purchase to resell it for a higher value? You're looking at things one way, and I'm not saying Kimberly is, I'm just saying in general, a general buying process, everyone's looking at it from a different angle. Like, I don't buy pens looking to hold their value or concern about their resale value. I buy a pen because I like the pen and I want to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone else may be looking, well, I like this pen and I think it's a good deal and I could probably resell it for more. That's a valid thing too. So you got to decide, you know, it's an infinitely open-ended question (laughs) because there's the variables are just massive in, in a question like this. So you just, I mean, we always talk about being careful with your money, you know, and don't go on spending sprees, which you don't know what you're buying. So do the work, ask people around you, ask for help, you know, check prices out, you know, um, and uh, just be careful out there, Mike. It's a crazy world out there. <laughs> All right. Talking about saving some money. Let me help you save some money. Today's show is brought to you by Simple Contacts. Simple contacts can give you the ability to have something that is so nice in the world and having an app that takes a tiresome task and makes it fuss-free. That is what Simple Contacts is all about, but for your contact lens prescription renewal. So you'll be able to reorder your contacts with Simple Contacts from anywhere in just minutes. You complete their online self-guided vision test, which takes five minutes or less from wherever you are right now. You don't have to go to a doctor office. You don't have to go to a waiting room. None of it. It's all done in their app. Then, once you've gone through everything, you can order your favorite contacts right there from the palm of your hand. Simple Contacts offers all the lens brands you love. They even have options for astigmatism. They have multifocal lenses, colored lenses, and so many more. Then, you'll be be able to get whatever you you get be able to get your prescription refilled whenever you need it so whenever you need new contact lenses you can just open the app you can go to their website order them and they'll be with you 
Simple Contacts Vision Test is just $20, which for comparison, an appointment without insurance could cost you $200. Simple Contacts saves you money and time. I need to let you know, this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. Simple Contacts check that your current prescription that you've entered into the app is correct. That's what their test is doing. You say, oh, I went to a doctor a while ago. This is my prescription. They make sure that that prescription still seems accurate based upon the test that you're doing, and they will renew your lenses based on that prescription. They are not writing brand new prescriptions for you or examining your eye health. That's something you'll still need to do on a periodic basis. But what you won't need to do anymore is every time you need new contact lenses, you don't need to go to a doctor's office and waste all that time. Now, Brad, I know that you have tried out the uh, Simple Contacts app test, and I wanted to know what you thought of it. (laughs) I wish I was smart enough to videotape me doing (laughs) the vision test because I got the biggest kick out of this i took it actually multiple times because i thought ah there's no way this works and it absolutely works it like gets your vision um it does it goes through a few different tests and then it asks you to like okay put your phone down and walk i think it was 10 feet away i can't remember if it was 12 or 15 but i think it was 10 feet away okay and read these things and the audio cues from you reading off these off the uh the the vision test on the screen of your phone, um, it like helps figure out what you need. And I thought that was kind of wild. So I was impressed with it. As a listener of this show, you can get $30 off your contact lenses. Just go to simplecontacts.com slash penaddict, or you can use the code penaddict at checkout. Once again, that is simplecontacts.com slash penaddict, or use the code penaddict to get $30 off. Our thanks to Simple Contacts for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, we got a few Ask TPA questions to to end this up on. First one I thought was a really good question for both of us because we have both have individual experience with this. So Joe Casabona says, I'm a fine nib kind of guy, but really want the Sailor Pro Gear Great Purple Cosmos, which comes with a zoom nib. How does that stack up? I've read it can be broad, medium, or fine, depending on how you hold the pen. Thanks. So you got a Zoom nib in a recent Sailor, is that correct? Yep, I have it on the 1911 Tangerine. Okay, and I had a Zoom nib on, I forget the name of it, uh, Stardust Galaxy or Starburst, something like that. So I got a Zoom nib on that. I thought I would like it. I ended up not liking it. Okay. It was, so it's a blocky type of nib that, yes, you can, by the angle you hold it vertically, to the page can change the width of the line, broad, medium, or fine. I rarely got into that fine level. Um, maybe if you flip the nib over, but I never yeah, that's write like that. I don't. Yeah, no, I'm I don't doing that write right like now. that as, as a. So weirdly, a, uh, I think this is a, maybe for the first time something I have more experience than you on, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is very yeah, strange. Cause, yeah, because I got mine ground into like a fish hook architect, and then I sold it. So right, well, there you go. So because <laughs> I didn't, maybe, I didn't like it. Maybe I should answer this question then. Um, <laughs> So I would say that there kind of there isn't three areas for me with this. There's really kind of two. You can do fine or you can do broad. That's how I found it to be, because I don't know the 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 broad side. You can kind of you can vary it a little bit, but it's more tricky to do. Where it's way more simple to like you hold the nib in one orientation, it's broad. You flip it over onto its backside, and it's fine, right? Like that's way easier to do than to try and like angle it in such a way that you can also get a medium line. So my, my I, I would say that whilst it's possible to do, I don't think that that is 
the really something you should consider is going to happen here. Like you, you, most of the time, you're going to get brought off fine. And the fine, so when you're using the, the nib upside down, basically, um, that is not a great experience as a fine nib. It's obviously, I mean, if you think about it, it's never going to be as comfortable to use because it's super weird. You know, like it works and it works fine and it's a good fine nib, but it's nowhere near as good as other Sailor fine nibs like that are more regular. I, however, really recommend this pen and this nib because it's super weird and fun. I love using my 1911 because I can do silly things with it. And the the zoom, you know, the regular side, the broad side is super broad. And I love that. Like, but if that's not your thing don't go for it. Like if, if you don't think you would enjoy the, the broad experience, then don't do it because that's what you'll end up using most because whilst the fine nib side works, it's not super comfortable. It doesn't feel really great and you kind of have to be pretty particular about how you're holding it, I've found, to get a, a consistent ink flow. Yeah, so I, I liken this nib to a chisel tip marker. Like I really enjoy chisel tip markers, but I don't use them to write with every day. You have to have a special occasion to write with this so if i'm using fines or extra fines and i expect to have that individual variance in this pen i'm going to be disappointed uh and i was uh, so you know you kind of gotta that this is one that you if you ever had the opportunity to to test drive one to see what you really think like mine was really good i bought it as an experiment to see if i would like it turns out i didn't but Mike really likes his because it, it fits like some of the things that Mike does with mm-hmm. you know his writing and other people really like it. And it's a really cool idea. It just depends on what your expectations are to get out yeah. of this nib. Yeah, I feel like if, if, if broads are not your thing, then you should probably not do this. Yeah, yep. So Sid Anderson says, what's the best pen for receipt paper? I work retail. I want something nicer than a big stick. So big sticks are actually pretty good for receipt paper. I'd look at the, um, if you wanted like a true upgrade, either of the Uniball Jetstream or Pilot Acroball, which you can get at the, on the store shelf. Those are going to do real well on the receipt paper. Um, outside of that, you're just into your basic ballpoints like the Inkjoy, the paper made Inkjoy, which I honestly, as good as the Inkjoy gel pens are, I did not have a great experience with those ballpoints. So I'd be looking at a Jetstream or an Acroball. Um, maybe an Acroball because you can get those in like a, they're a little bit cheaper, a little bit thinner, have a little bit better grip than the Jetstream. So, uh, and you can find them at, at all kinds of stores. So it's really cool. Evan Max, I think is in the chat room today, Mike, but if he's not, we'll, we'll embarrass him regardless. And uh, this is a question I don't know the answer to, which is why I love this question. All of the steel italic stub nibs, that I've seen available to buy off the shelf are untipped. Lamy, Pilot, Nemesine, Kaveco, etc. The only steel italic nibs I've seen with tipping material on them are custom ground after the factory. Is there a reason for this other than saving costs on cheaper steel nibs for not tipping them? I never noticed the lack of tipping on steel nibs. Can you explain what tipping is? <laughs> so it's essentially considerate like... If you look, grab one of your gold nib pens and mm-hmm. the tip of the nib has basically a ball of metal there that's then shaped into whatever shape the nib should be. So you could have a broad nib pen and it looks like it's a little raised rounded area. Okay. So that's the tipping, the very literal, the literal tip of the, of the pen, of the nib. So a lot of steel nibs, the italic 
and stub nibs, like the pilot ones, not tipped at all. And I love them. The Lamy ones are not tipped at all, and I love them. The Twisby ones are not tipped at all, but they're rounded and softer. Like they have a wider depth to the steel, if you will. So while they don't necessarily have the big tipping, um, you know, they do have that softer, rounder feel in the nib as opposed to like the pilot nibs. Why? That's the reason. I don't know. Um, I just cannot think of what that could be. So I'd be interesting to know if any listeners have any idea why steel nibs don't have that tipping where gold nibs do. I'd have to actually look at some gold stub nibs. I almost never buy trying to think what gold stub nibs I have. Like I've got gold broad nibs that I've had ground into a stub. So there's been plenty of tipping there, but I did an aftermarket grind I'll have to, this is something I'll have to think about it. So it's a interesting question. I never thought about it that way, honestly, because I like that, uh, steel feel of the, uh, of the nibs, you know, the sharpness of like the italics. So yeah, like the chat rooms yelling at me because they shouldn't be, they're saying that they shouldn't be tipped, uh, to begin with because to get that line variation. So yeah, which that makes complete sense. So, you know, with an italic and stub nib, you're getting a a fine horizontal line and a thicker vertical line. You don't want the tipping to, like, dissuade from that that type of shape. So, yeah, maybe that's why. All right, last question. Sarah wants to know, how's the upgraded internet treating you? When can we expect some Twitch streaming? So... The upgraded internet, I wish it was at my house, but it's at the it's at the remote pen addict uh, office space. And it's kind of amazing because Studio Mike and B. I's Yeah, Studio B, Mike and I's uh three hour and twenty minute podcast from last week would have taken me hours to upload from my house. I think it took less than a minute from the other house. So <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool from Studio B. So it's going good. I did a test stream yesterday, and I'm looking at my schedule to figure out what I can do either tonight or most likely Thursday night for the first Panatic Stationary stream. So stay tuned to the Twitter. So people should subscribe to twitch.tv slash panaddict, right? That's where they're yes. going to find it. If you go subscribe on there, you sign up, you subscribe. Yeah. Just go follow and hit follow yep. and you get a little alert when I go live. So. Yeah, follow. At, yes, that's the verbiage. Follow and you get the alert. Subscribe uh, is, a, is a thing for later to give Brad money, but that, that will come later on, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not worried about that now. Follow and then also uh, subscribe to Brad's YouTube channel, right? Yeah, so uh, Panatic is on YouTube as well. So they have weird, not really direct links to send to that. I guess maybe you can get one later. I haven't totally get done Sorry, that, but it's I got it there's a Panatic channel it. already there. Mm-hmm. I got yep. it in the in the, in the uh, it's in the show notes. So you and these videos will be saved, like exactly. Brian in the chat that's room why. saying, oh, I won't I won't be there." But that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do it on Twitch. It'll be saved there for like two weeks or a mm-hmm. month or something, and then it'll just be offloaded to YouTube, and you can check it out later. But I yep. will keep the stationary streams recorded and saved and offloaded to YouTube for safekeeping and then any game streams I do which will just be for fun those I won't save over to YouTube so the YouTube channel will just have like all the all the live stationary shows I plan on doing on Twitch but I know it's I know it's upsetting if you can't make it try and make it because it's so much fun to watch live yeah. Twitch is really 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 excellent I've been enjoying that a lot myself recently. Um, I've been doing some game streams, which I've been enjoying greatly. Even you popped up when we were doing one yesterday. 
All right, so if you want to find Brad online, twitch.tv slash penaddict is a great place for that right now. But also Twitter, he is at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. Penaddict on Instagram, penaddict.com and knock.co for Brad's uh, writing and wares. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. You can find this week's episode at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 313. Thanks again to Pen Chalet and Simple Contacts for their support of this house. House? I've read the chat. Yes. I, got, I bought a whole new house just for internet, Mike. Yeah. Let's get that rumor going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to do what you got to do, man. Fast internet is really important. Uh, we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.